Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Ace of Spada Podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada. And on today's episode, I am joined by Kyle Rapp, otherwise known, I want to call him the Podfather. Um, that's what he's been known for. Um, he uh, is actually the producer for many shows like Sam Miller Science. Um, he also does Shots to the Dome. Um, he does the FitBiz podcast with Aaron and Jordan Duggar. Um, and man, what an episode we talk about. We talk about him getting into this game, how he got into it. We talk about how to perform better in life. Um, that's a big one that we talk about. We talk about habit building. Um, we talk about um, what you actually need to do, getting the steps down, how you go from just a regular average Joe to a complete performer in life. Um, I think that's a huge thing that a lot of people miss and a big component that a lot of people need. So hope you guys tune in. Um, this could be a great episode. As you guys know, the podcast is teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition to offer you guys the best supplements in the game. You guys can use code SPADA for 10% off all supplements at MorphogenNutrition.com. And also Symbio Strength is now accepted clients yet again. Um, so if you guys are interested in becoming a superhuman in and out of the gym, well, come sign up to the best team in the world. So let's get it started. Let's welcome on Kyle Rapp. Uh, but I'm here with the absolute, I would call you the master. Should I call you the master of podcasting? The, mag- the master of S- of engagement with podcasting? Uh, so Carter gave me the nickname, the Podfather, and I've run with that ever since. So awesome. we, okay. we can go with that. I'll put that. I'll put that in the title. I'm here. I'm here with the Podfather. We're not even going to put your name. We'll just put the Podfather, yeah. assuming that everybody knows that. But um, I actually reached out to Kyle a long, long way back. Um, Sean might actually be listening to this, uh, but Sean McDevitt introduced both of us. Um, and, you know, he, Kyle does a lot of podcast editing, I would say podcast editing and really setting up podcasts to be really successful um, and getting their engagement up and everything like that. Um, so we talked about that. He actually gave me a ton of direction when it came to actually getting more engagement my engagement kind of has gone up since since we've since we've talked so i put the things i put the things to use um kyle doesn't help edit my podcast um but that's because i'm a poor poor soul so if you guys just want to if you guys want to just like get my engagement up a lot um then i can get a sponsor and then i can afford kyle to to edit up my podcast for me um make them (laughs) make them actually sound pretty because all i do is i keep everything raw and real um which would honestly make your job a lot easier anyway it's like what are you here for hey that's part of your branding i think that's why you've been successful so kudos to you for that though yeah it's been it's been way too long but you also have you also have a podcast of your own right i do i took a small break from it and yeah because the the media side so i'll kind of explain briefly so i have a media side and then a performance side so Mm -hmm. the performance side i'm building as the Body design completes training, nutrition, sleep recovery. That's the one-on-one. And then I have mind design, which is more high performance, awareness, vision, habits, routines, you know, time management, goal, goal design management, things like that. Yeah. And then we both know that takes a while, especially <laughs> building up your social media, building just the knowledge base that you have to, to, for me to claim elite performance, I need to know my shit. Yeah. So what better way for me to learn from the best coaches in the industry than to help them directly? And that's where the media side came in and took off a lot more than the performance side. And I'm up to now, we're going on 14 shows, hoping to get to 18 by the end of Q3. And yeah, and it's not just editing, it's producing, it's copywriting, it's making the promotions. It's basically the one-stop 
you just record and then handle, let me handle everything else. Yeah. And I've had, you know, years of experience figuring out like what does, what separates like you from Sean, from Jordan and Aaron to everybody else. And it's subtle. We're all trying to say the same thing, but we're all trying to say it to someone slightly different. Yeah. So, and that's kind of my job is to copyright and word that in kind of the episode description, which I'm sure we'll get into the nitty gritty, but that's kind of the 30,000 foot view of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's kind of, that's a lot of shows, 14 shows. That's quite, I, and I know like people, you don't really know how much work actually goes into like recording these, like scheduling these, like actually like doing the podcast itself. Like these take time to even just like draw out, like I content like, Sometimes it's pretty easy. Some people's schedules are more open than others, but like getting things down the road, it's sometimes you, you have to schedule things like a month in advance to have this episode like get recorded. And then like, it might not come out for like another month after that. And yeah, I was going to so, say behind the scenes for you, at least I knew you were three months ahead. Yeah, I was. Right. Now, I, I'm, now I'm like, now I'm like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, Let's just say I don't have that luxury with anyone else. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a weekly thing, but we, we've gotten to a cadence that works for like our clients and me, because uh, yeah. it's not always just going to be me. Like I said, yeah. I'm building a media consulting. It's not just going to be me forever, but it has been to establish the standard that I want. Yeah. So, so how'd you get into, how'd you get into the podcast game? Like in itself, like getting into this whole, you know, you create your own podcast, but you also got into this whole media aspect. How did the media aspect even come, come about? So let's go back to undergrad. I went to Bowling Green State University here in Ohio and media has always been a quote unquote passion of mine. And I worked for Children's Miracle Network, the nonprofit organization that helps with Mercy Children's Hospital. Uh, and I was part of the media committee and was the media chair making videos and promotional material for a nonprofit for three years. And then I leadership, was part of the leadership committee. And that always kind of stuck with me. And I graduated sport management degree, moved to Long Island, thought I'd do hospitality and worked at a private golf club on Long Island. It six figures just to walk in. We were what we called a secondary club. So you had to be part of a primary club before you could even be considered <laughs> to be a part of the secondary club. Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's we sophisticated. Were, <laughs> it's sophisticated. Yeah. So we had around 300 um, members and they were all part of multiple clubs. And we were just, we were a really nice club. Like the, uh, the course was immaculate. It hosted the 1985 senior open for years uh, from, from that point. Uh, but it was a secondary club that just pretty much did lunch. And then we had other things like that. So let me fast forward to get to the podcast part. Yeah. But that's kind of where I learned to speak and communicate because you have to when you're around all millionaires all the time. Yeah. And I figured out that my assistant GM was miserable and my GM was more miserable <laughs> and all the other club GMs were miserable. So I said to myself, do I really want to, this to be the rest of my life? And I said, no. And I pretty much said no to a really, really good opportunity to go back to grad school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I applied to three places Moved back in with my parents at 25. It was just supposed to be temporary. I did not get into any of the three grad programs. 
okay. I had applied for. And after that third denial, it was a major depressive episode for, for three, four, five months. And really all I had at that point was bartending and working out. And both of those bartending to just to make money, still living with my parents, feeling like another failure. Like, what the hell did I just do? Yeah. And worked out at Lifetime in Dublin, if anyone's familiar with Columbus area. And just decided one day I didn't want to listen to a George Strait playlist that I had made. Let's check out this little purple icon that says podcast. And this was what, 2015. So they've exploded since then. Uh, and then I typed in sports psychology because I minored in that okay. and I was still interested in the field. And I came across two podcasts, one that was really professional, couldn't tell you who it was. The other one was the sports motivation podcast by Nii Shobo. And he was a high performance coach, formerly played for the New Orleans Saints, was, you know, back up to Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush and played with Drew Brees and Sean Payton was his coach. And just the, the way he was able to deliver the message to me to wake the fuck up. I know I'm allowed to swear on this. Uh, <laughs> You've done your research on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just waked up, dude. Like this, this isn't your, your finish line. This is just an attempt. And that's when I started to have this transition from this fixed to growth mindset. Mm -hmm. That's when it started. Uh, so I listened to that podcast religiously, binged every episode and got on his email list, you know, did the, the value ladder thing. Yeah. Uh, and then he sent an email that actually went to my school's junk folder and for some reason that day, I checked that junk folder to, and he asked, hey, I need interns. So I said, what better way to learn from this guy who changed my life than to work for him? And applied for his internship program, waited around, didn't hear from him. And I was just like, okay, I, I took a chance. Not knowing that he was on Pacific time. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I'm waiting around four or five. I get the email and says, you're in. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is, this is a sign that I am now back on track. From there, I did a six month internship, learning the ins and outs being the, what he calls the Raptor or the, the minion or, you know, what, what we do for, yeah, free internships. And then after that six months, I took over the podcast, the very one that got me out of the rut that I was in. So I'm able to produce both of his podcasts, the Get Your Mind Right podcast and Sports Motivation podcast, and did that for a year and a half and learned the ins and outs. And this dude, like he has 5 million plus downloads. The guy knows what he's doing and built his entire business. We'll get to this off of just the podcast, barely any social media, just a cult-like following on this podcast. Uh, and I saw it. It was crazy. Uh, we had Tom Bilyeu, Robert Green, uh, Tony Horton, pretty much anybody that's, that's that right. he was bold enough to reach out to, just like you do. Uh, you have no fear of reaching out to anyone. I'm honored to be here. Uh, but I was able to see, like, I, I jokingly said to him, I feel like I got picked up by the Warriors. Uh, just <laughs> the, it just made sense. And we did so much as three people because it was mm -hmm. me, him, and a graphic designer, Igor. Um, and we had our 
Killer Instinct was his group coaching program. And KI5 was, I believe it was an $85,000 launch. And that was the last group that I was a part of. I was able to run the mastermind of the entrepreneurs, kind of gauge their questions, see what they were struggling with, uh, did my best at that point. This was years ago. Uh, and that really cemented like, okay, I really find this online media, specifically online marketing space, really, really interesting. And it's an avenue to what I ultimately want to do is to get the attention to coach people from a performance standpoint. Yeah. Uh, so from there, I exited him. I was like the number two in the company. When I exited, I was doing everything from opt-ins to, you know, membership building, anything that he didn't want to do, basically. Uh, and then started RapFlex in 2018, brought on a strength and conditioning coach that was a podcast. And then I just reached out to Aaron Diamond one day because I was following her for about a year and just said, hey, like I did this with me. If you need help starting a podcast, I'd be more than happy to. We are now 233 episodes in and <laughs> just reached the over 500,000 downloads and been working with Aaron and Jordan and T4E and IFCA since then. Uh, and that exploded to what you see today with 14 shows and growing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of happy with like, I feel like in today's <laughs> industry, I'm like, I'm pretty happy. Like I just passed like 20,000 downloads after doing this. I'm like a hundred and something episodes in. I'm like, I mean, I feel I'm like good. Like the podcast yeah. industry is so saturated now. It's like completely from where from where you started Rapflex in like 2018, like even compared to like now where it's at, you're like three years. It can't be that it like exploded like Facebook. Like It did. And I just, I just launched one this week and the whole back end of Apple podcasts is completely different now. Yeah. They've um, completely changed. They've, yeah. they've changed everything. It's kind of, it's like, it's like the wild, wild west. I call it podcasting. Yeah. I'm like, is. you gotta, <laughs> you just gotta get into it and then just yeah. get your feet wet in it. I'm like, just start it. Like, that's why I yep. tell everybody. I'm like, you never know really who's going to be listening. And it's like, you know, by getting guests on your show, it's like, that's how you get more people to, if they like mm -hmm. how you run the show, it's like, then they'll follow your show. And then it, that leads yeah. to them. Then you do the educational pieces. Like there's, yeah. there's many different moving parts into why you do certain things on it. And it's pretty, Dude, it's you, pretty cool. you did it perfectly. And that's, that's how it is. And I have one thing I wanted to share with you guys is the ability to go on other shows and have people brought to you. Because Nee, before he started his peak performance coaching, he reached out to Rich Roll. I don't know if you know who Rich Roll is, yeah. but he has a hugely popular podcast. And, you know, Nee didn't have a coaching company. He didn't even have podcasts at this point. He said, hey, this is what I've done. I've been in the league, played with Drew Brees. These are like what I, what I think, what I feel, et cetera. Can I come on your show? And Rich Roll said yes. And from that podcast episode, he was able to make over $100,000 from the one-on-one -on -one clients that he was able to sign. And I know that for a fact because I ran the back end of all those one-on-one <laughs> -on -one clients. <laughs> so everyone from like, I won't name them, but like I know all of them. And that was just that one massive action that he took. Yeah. And I know you've done similarly with having very high profile people in the industry. And so, yeah, I think it's just a, I feel like people... I don't know how you go, how the people like you, you do their podcast with go about it, but I'm assuming that they get their own guest, but it's also like, those guys are not afraid to say no. Right. I mean, Sam, I mean, for people who don't know, he also does Sam Miller's too as well. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Sam Miller is very, very, very well known in this industry as like one of the top hormone specialist people. Um, but he's definitely not afraid to go out of his way to get people on his show if he ever wanted to. Like they're like, it's just a different thing. Like you have to approach podcasts. It's like, you never know who's going to say yes. And if they're actually going to like, what's the worst they do? They say no. It's like, cool. Exactly. It's like, Move on. The worst they can say is no. They're not going to laugh at you. They've been in the exact position you were many years exactly. ago. Uh, yeah, Sam, I love Sam. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a special, Sam is a special one for me because he's one that I didn't launch with. I took from a different company. We were able to take his from a little over 1200 a month to last month we did over 21,000. Yeah, I'm so, at like 50, I'm at like 1500. That's where, that's that's where I'm at right now. So they, and I'm like, that's, yeah, that's, I'm like, in, I'm good. Yeah, the industry average is about 68 downloads per episode. So you, you guys got to base it on that. Um, so, 68, you said? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm doing better. I'm doing, yeah. better. I'm doing better than. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I was doing better with my guest episodes too. So I'm like, okay, it's a good start. Yeah. So it's kind of cool how you got into it. Like I got into it in a very, a very similar fashion. Like we have a very similar background because I also bar backed, I bar backed and was a bouncer during okay. my whole senior, like during my last two and a half years of college. Yeah. During that last year is when I created my senior year was when I created the podcast is when I created okay. like, the coaching and everything. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see, like, I was in that very safe position as you, like when I was creating this whole thing, it was kind of like, I was in this phase of what was I going to do? And like a bunch of these different opportunities, like within the, the industry that I wanted to get into, like that I went to school for kind of just popped up. And it was like, it kind of had a very similar thing. So that kind of brought me back to that. Um, yeah. So it's cool to get out of that, that little rut based upon something that you love, because I feel like a lot of people just, they try to just follow something that's meant to be followed mm-hmm. instead of actually chasing after kind of what they love, which is what you're doing. Dude, where- it could have been so easy for me to go down another path because you know, when, when I got that third rejection, my dad said, well, wh- why don't you think about becoming a gym teacher or something safe? Because both of my parents, I love them to death and we're so close, but they, they had a true path. Like my dad is a retired police officer. You go to the academy, you get a job. My mom's a nurse. You go to nursing school, you get a job. This is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were super supportive on this. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Isn't it? It's kind of crazy. We could talk about this. We could dive right into this real quick. But isn't it kind of crazy how entrepreneurs, at least in this industry, we're all seen as like really cuckoo when we start. Yeah. Like at any sort of point, they're like, what the heck are you doing? And it's like, you don't get that initial support right away from right. people. They're kind of very much questioning what you're doing. and whether I get silence. It. I don't know about you. I just got silence. Um, <laughs> it was never like, are you sure? It was just like, oh, okay. Like, and that was just my experience. Um, but I've heard like absolutely your side too. Yeah. I've never, I'm, you know, I got the thing where it's like, like I tell my parents like the broad bit, like the big, the big, like five years down the road picture. And you're like, Oh, I want to take this full time and do the podcasting, do the coaching and all that full time. And they're like, "Uh, but you could be at this stable job in five years and have like a really good career. And I'm like, I could, but but I, I would be, be, I would be killing myself doing that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I really hope that no one at my job really listens to this at all. Um, I know some of them do. I absolutely love my job right now. I'm just saying like five years down the road, like I know what my full on passion is. Yeah. And my full on passion is truly changing people's lives. 
um, nutritionally, healthily, like fixing yeah. their hormones and everything. And it's like doing that is way more gratifying. Like that's an actual impact on a person mm-hmm. where, I mean, I just catch as I could, as much as I could tell, I just catch bad guys for a living. Yeah. Like, but I, I know like cool. you and I are so submersed in the industry, but when I talk to people at the gym, they have no idea online coaching exists. So this is just still starting. Yeah. We've just been so inundated in everything. Uh, like me from more like the business side of it and you as the the coach. Um, but it's still a much growing trend. And we can see that within IFCA. So many people are joining, uh, yeah. looking for mentorship within their business because they're really good at the technician part, but everything else like they need help with. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like you're like that. I get that same thing now looking at it. I never looked at that like that, but I'm like so many people, like, unless you go to like a regular bodybuilding gym, people don't realize that coaches are actually like a thing. And then it's like, and they think the only option is they're in person, which is fine. But I don't know about you, but I'm now bigger than most of the in-person trainers. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might be, I might be bigger than most of the in-person trainers too as well. (laughs) Um, So Uh, it's like, we offer way more I went to a lifetime diamond on Long Island. It was beautiful. And all the trainers were still massively bigger than me. Uh, So that's when, you know, you're going to a good gym if they're all much bigger than you, but yeah, (laughs) I digress from what we were talking about. (laughs) Well, so let's get into what, what we actually had you on for, which is, you know, what we chatted, what you kind of chatted about a little bit, which is getting into those nitty gritties, like actually growing, growing a brand and kind of growing even, even a podcast kind of, how do you even start with growing a brand? Because I think this is the hardest thing for a lot of people to do is they just want to all you see on their profile is their name and then like online coach. And it's like, help people make change in their Mm -hmm. profile. Like that's all you see where there's like, no, there's no brand being built there. It's like, you had to create something. So kind of go into how you approach kind of building a brand, whether it's from the podcast perspective or from, or from the performance side. So I've learned a lot from just absorbing Aaron and Jordan, Sam, Sean and Dela looking at physique development, looking at bare aesthetics, looking at everyone in the industry, Mahaley, uh, and getting these subtle differences within all of those companies. And again, they're subtle, but if you pay attention to them, they're the core values of that individual. And it just radiates within their design, their branding, their messaging. And Podcast specifically, I have everyone start off with their picture of perfection. If you could have it any way you wanted it, what would your podcast be able to do? How many downloads would it reach? Who are you talking to specifically? Because I have like Carol who talks to 40, 45, 50-year-old women in pre-menopause and menopause. And then I have Aaron and Jordan who talk to you know, six wanting to be seven figure online coaches to Sam's is the optimization hormone guy. You really have to know yourself and that that's within branding. That's within performance. And are you, are you interesting? Are you entertaining? Are you educational? Uh, where are your strengths and weaknesses lie? Uh, we can go into that. Um, Amanda Bucci talks about this with her entrepreneurial archetype. There's the teacher, the coach, the entrepreneur, and the creator. I suck at the creator part, and I'm figuring that out. (laughs) Um, But the teacher-coach thing, I think most coaches 
in the space are good at otherwise you probably wouldn't last very long yeah uh it's the it's the other parts that you need to learn from and for me it was just it was taking other disciplines from graphic design to stand-up comedy to looking at other big brands like Apple and you can see behind me like Steve Jobs is behind me Kobe Bryant like what did these people specifically stand for and then how did that sort of radiate out within their branding within their following and I think they had a picture of perfection in their mind to begin with Mm -hmm. and then with clients I say okay why aren't we there yet and then we go into what I call the Dalio diagnosis is from Ray Dalio a multi-billionaire investor and say, what is a problem, obstacle, challenge that you can already see in your way of this picture of perfection coming into reality? And typically it's like, I lack confidence or I have terrible time management. And some people say that differently, but uh, like lack of resources, things like that. I was like, okay, why do you not have confidence? Well, because I've never recorded one. Okay, do you assume that Anyone who's not recorded one before would have confidence. No, you're just starting. <laughs> so get the reps out, have some rough drafts. So like, if you're working with me, send them to me, I'll give you feedback. And then it'll feel much better when you put in those reps. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, we all know it's about the reps within performance or within building a business. Yeah. It's all the same thing. I say that with the podcast too. I tell everybody that I'm like, that's why I just said, like, when we started this, I was like, you just have to start. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, you just, it's like, you kind of got to ask people. It's like, you're going to suck. My first episode's like 17 minutes long and it absolutely sucks. <laughs> uh, I I was, have... Yeah. Mine was so robotic. And <laughs> I'm like, I, why would you just move your face? <laughs> yeah. uh, I had, yeah, um, so I had like monotone and oh, you know, showing up like a thousand times more energetic than when I started. So, and you earn that. You earn being like, I, I'm a, the biggest fan of Tim Grover. He changed my life. I'm a part of his down and dirty program. He says, earn advanced. All of the best performers from Kobe to MJ, the basics were what they started with, what they did daily and they earned the advanced part. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's stuck with me for ever now. Yeah. I feel like everybody wants to find, like they could come to you, you could grow them, but if they don't have the basics down with things, it's like, oh, well then what are we doing here? It's like kind of like, even with an online coach, like I find that there are prerequisites to it. Like you can't just be like a straight up beginner going into, I feel like there's too much work that the coach would have to do to really nail down things. I'm like, I, I realized that because I took on a straight beginner um, and he works with me and now we're still on a good, we're our, we're on a really good roll now, but I'm like, it took us like six, seven months to get on a good roll because it's like, you have to teach all these little basics about every single thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there are prerequisites to everything, but I'm like, I feel like people wouldn't get the most out of you if they didn't like, like they didn't get a little bit of practice within them. Like, yeah. and that's yeah. why, that's why I came to you. Like, so that's why, like, it was kind of fortunate when I came to you because yeah. like, I was already like, I think I was like 80 episodes deep or something at that point. So it's like I had. Which is nuts. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of looking back on it. I'm at like 130. I'm at like 132 or 133 episodes. I'm like, this is quite a lot. I was like, I could retire the show now and be very, very happy <laughs> with, with what I did. Um, 
but that's for another day. I was like, I could start another podcast. I was like, I have no clue. I was like, go a million directions. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a lot to just keep consistent with it. I was like, you have to be consistent with it as well. Especially yep. oh, full like full disclosure, I fell off of mine when I signed Sean and we were like building. I'm like, okay, I need to take a step back. Uh, and for me, it got harder each episode because I'm talking to this little uh, <laughs> camera and I was trying to do more original content. It just became harder and harder. Now I have recorded since then. We're putting new stuff up. I'm going to be so excited to record in my new place. Exactly. Uh, but Environment just, also changes things. And absolutely junior for a lot of people like for me recording was kind of like eh, like back like when i was nearing the end of like my time at my parents place and now i got this yeah. place where i got like natural lighting and everything and i got a whole new like yeah. different type of background and everything with things and i'm like cool now i feel good to record again like it puts yeah. you in a space too as well yeah so that's another tip is optimize your environment like i have I have my background that I like to look at. I've got the little ring light in front of me that makes me look less pale. <laughs> I've got the I good have one. Light. I don't have it on though. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm an actual like podcast host. Yeah. Um, now, now we just need to get, now you just need to get a Joe Rogan type studio, you know? That's, yes. that's why I was like, I was like, next step is to get a two bedroom apartment and make it like my office and podcast studio and have people yeah. like come in and do live shows. I was like, that would be pretty cool. Um, so how do you go into, now we'll go into the nitty gritties of the podcast growth itself. Yeah. Um, because I think this is the cooler part to what we're going to talk about. So how do you even, where do you even start with podcast growth? So you look at someone like, say you into like you intake, like Sam's, like, how did yeah. you go from, how'd you go from 1200 to 20,000? He was super consistent with Instagram, with Facebook. So I'll, I'll start with the top and go to the bottom. Mm -hmm. What his sort of um, earned media strategy and owned media strategy, I'll explain what that is. Earned is anything on social media, Facebook groups, anything that you quote unquote have to earn. Yeah, they have to make owned media. Yeah. And then owned media is your email list, something okay. that you have now earned you now have full control over. Because uh, if you've heard this once, you've heard it a thousand times that social media may not always be there. And I had a friend, Charlotte, who her Instagram got deleted for no apparent reason. She had 56,000 followers gone like that. So the email list is important and building that should be a part of your strategy. And that's what he was super consistent with blending podcasts and video and his started with the reels and that's another like that's another topic um, but he was just he was super consistent with with his social media with his nutrition coaching collaborative with his email list with getting on other shows was huge too um, you know he he was on barbell shrugged he was on ben i screw up his last name pigolsky ben pigolsky um, yeah yeah so he was on that recently. He's been on a lot. Yeah, uh, he was on Flow State multiple times. So he was able to take all that and kind of interject it into his ecosystem, if you were. And then we started doing more um, coaching specific episodes, whether that was content creation, more building your business, along with sort of the physiology episodes too. So he started with more of a blend and 
we did increase from two to three. So that's been helpful too. full yeah. disclosure on that. So there are more episodes, um, but just his engagement. Cause when I started with him, he only had, I think 8,000 Instagram followers. Cause we weren't at that swipe up point yet. Yeah. And about three months in, he was at that 10 and was so excited to be able to use a swipe up. And oh. now he's, I think at 23. I can't, I can't wait till the day <laughs> I hopefully ever get to 10,000 downloads. I'm like, Hopefully I still have the podcast by then. <laughs> the podcast might be done by that point. <laughs> but I'm like, man, I could really use this. Like, that's why it's so cool to get. That's why I think a lot of people, I'm like, how do you decide who to get as guests? Number one, I think of who do I like in the industry? Because mm-hmm. it's my show anyway. I'm not going to have yeah. someone I don't like on right. the show. Now, I do have some people I don't agree with. Absolutely. But I like their stuff that they post and stuff that they do. Yeah. Um, and secondly, I also look at how many followers they do have. I know it doesn't come into it, but it plays a big role in how, how much you get shared. Because I could tell you when I had guests on, I haven't had absolutely monstrous guests on in like a while, which I've been trying to work on. But when you get a guest on that does have that swipe up feature, your, your downloads goes mm-hmm. like you see that little spike that day. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get like, you get like 200, like 300 in like a day and you're like, well, where did this come from? And then you realize like the person has like a good amount of followers and it's just like, it's so easy just to swipe up and say, Hey, go use the link in this person's bio. Yeah. Like, that's like, there's multiple and, steps to that. Yeah. And they were in a position just like you and me at one point where they were, where they were grinding, they were building and now they're giving back. And hopefully you and I will get to a point where we're doing the same thing for other yeah. people who are hungry in the industry. So, yeah. So, so we start, so you start with kind of looking at Okay. So podcast growth. So it kind of starts with the little basics, like changing the way that you do episodes or changing the little things like with it, how to get people to like join the email list and stuff like that. Um, then where do you go with actually increasing, increasing that exposure too? Because there's no, like, I mean, you can't just go from like, like, I understand like the con, like the content gets better. That will always, that will always bring more followers. That will always bring that more that earned content you said where it's you put it out and you get more back from it. So how do you go from what are like the small little nitty gritty details that you kind of use little hacks you, you kind of so do, tag. whether it's like tags or whatever. Yeah. I know tags, everybody's like, everybody's all about the hashtags on Instagram, but the tags on tags on podcasts are also pretty important. <laughs> so I don't, I rarely use tags on really? On podcasts. Yeah. So for let's talk to Sam specifically, it was getting really clear on titling, having those be super engaging. Yeah. And then the episode description is usually around three to five sentences, having that very clear about what the episode's about. Yep. And then topics conclude, and then having those be very SEO search engine optimization friendly. So if if you're wanting to get into a high physiology episode, I'm going to have a lot of those laid out from cortisol to, you know, and go on, but having those prominently there and then having the next step to whether it is the nutrition coaching collaborative, whether it is getting on his like metabolism mini series, uh, whatever that next step is. And then also his FMNS program was huge too, because a lot of his students would then now listen to the podcast religiously because it went along with that. So yeah. some of his, his paid coaching clients matured over into the podcast and then shares are huge too. 
the more that people share it on theirs, they'll check it out um, and download. And that's, it's just the ripple effect is yeah. what Sam specifically calls it. Yeah, um, it definitely is. I've, I've seen it. I mean, like there's a, like I said, there's a big difference between when I had these massive guests on and when I had these other people on and I'm like, there's a big, big difference in the amount of downloads I get now over time, the downloads kind of equal out a little bit. Like I always get like a hundred, like eight, like I'm around like a hundred, like 80 per episode or something like that. And it's like, that's like over time. It's like not right away. It's not usually in like that first week. It's like over time though, as you get people, people will just all of a sudden, like one day you'll just see a spike and it's like someone downloaded like, like 12 episodes or something. And it's always a good feeling. Yeah. You're like, and then someone's like, Oh, I went back and I downloaded every single episode. I'm like, that's a lot of episodes. I was like, each episode's like an hour long. I was like, you're in for, you're in for a while. I was like, you're not going to catch up for forever um, because it's going to keep coming out. But I think a lot of people don't look at that. Like, don't look at these small little things. Like when it comes down to it, like I changed the way I did my titling. Like, I remember we chatted about this. Actually, this is the one thing that actually helped me is like, when we started meeting, that was when I started to change my titles. Because initially I was just do the number Mm -hmm. and the guest name. Instead, I should have been doing the number and a little blurb about what it is with the guest name because it would have gave me more engagement in the end instead of just saying someone's name. So I definitely learned that one the hard way um, when like my downloads started to go down a little bit and then like they (laughs) went back up. Um, I was like, why is this not growing? And I was like, oh, I probably should just, uh, I should probably just change change the things. Yeah, and John Ruminello in his captivating copywriting course says 90% of it's the headline. He spends three and a half hours talking about headlines. The other 10% (laughs) is the episode description. And I think that is very um, damn near equivalent to podcast SEO too. Yeah. Yeah, so so now I kind of want to take it to um, the other side of you. So this was the media side. Hmm. Let's get into the performance side. Now, how does, do you have people that do, do you do both for people? Um, Is some of it, do you help with people like become better performing humans in a way with also helping with their podcast? Have you ever done that with anyone? So I had my first interview was with Cody McBroom. And when we were done, I'm like, dude, I need your advice. I'm like, I'm really into this media stuff. I'm really into this performance stuff. Like, what, what do you think I should do? He's like, build a damn media company and then i'm like it made sense and i had i had friends that said you know if you if you want to make money build the media side yep um but i've just had too many so a lot i've had now three online coaches come to me and again i've only been doing this a year year and a half um but we were able to take those people one was just starting from scratch and we gave her the confidence to now work with other women, give women the confidence that they need to go pursue their dreams. Um, Really, really proud of Susanna. She's listening to this, but then my other two coaches, we took them from, you know, three clients to half filled rosters to, you know, 15. Mm -hmm. And most of it came from getting really clear on what are the barriers in your way of your own confidence that's usually most of it. Now we have, we, we talk about, you know, OVOs and opt-ins and branding and ICA work. And most of the stuff that 
most business coaches talk about. And I like to talk about it from my own lens, obviously. Yep. Um, but through what I call Mind Design Complete, we have a 12-week curriculum that goes from awareness, vision, habits, and peak performance. So basically, it's who are who truly are you? Where do you want to go? How do we get there? And then how do we perform consistently day after day to get there as quote unquote quickly as possible? Is the toughest part? Is the toughest part that first part? I feel like asking someone, (laughs) I feel like asking someone who they are is like, and every, yeah, test clients. And they're like, oh my God, because I have them go through what I call the Carrie Confidential. I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. And I think he became a hugely self-aware individual through everything he did. Mm -hmm. And he's extremely controversial too. um, If you actually like follow his story, but I have a four phase self-awareness system that basically dives into what are your beliefs around money, freedom, your, your, obviously your fitness, your nutrition, what do you actually believe about these things? And then we go into emotions. What are the positive emotions that you usually experience in a day? What are some neutral ones? Quote unquote, what are some negative ones? And this is just unearthing all the things that you typically either don't ask yourself or you're avoiding asking yourself. Yeah. You're, you're, you're making me question life right now. Just in general, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like sitting here like, yeah. man, holy shit. I'm thinking about this. I'm like, ah, and these questions are super deep, but yeah. like humbly, I can say that I coach them through it and I'm not just a teacher. Yeah. I can say like, Hey, like this is where you're starting. Like, this is tough. Most people don't do this. So congratulations to you for even like going through this. Um, Cause these questions aren't easy. Like yeah. talking about your, your negative habits, your neutral habits, the results that you've had in life. What do you regret? What are your beliefs on regret? Yeah. Um, and like the longer I, the longer the answers on the belief section, the more we have to work on it usually. Um, yeah. I find, <laughs> I if, find with those things though, it's like, it's like crazy. Like you got to call your, it's more of calling yourself out on your own bullshit rather than. It is. Like, and those are the barriers help. that are in your own way. And then I pretty much review it and give them my feedback. Okay. And then I can walk you through. So like week two is emotion design and I yeah. have a complete, what I call the emotion playbook. And we get really clear on the emotions that you're dealing with each day, because it's super important to notice them and AKA not ignore them. But from a performance standpoint, we need to mitigate the effect that our emotions are having on us. So for instance, a journal prompt would be, what is the date? And then I'm feeling like, Because it's really hard sometimes for people to put a quote unquote emotional label on something if they're feeling all these different things. So I have them type out maybe five, six, seven things. And then I ask them what triggered it? What is the triggering event? And then I have them put an emotional label on it as they are able to retrospectively look at it from like the box of feeling like it and then the trigger. And then we put an intensity level on it from one to 10, excluding seven. That's a big Tim Ferriss thing that I picked up. <laughs> and if we see like this, for me, it was underappreciation uh, for years. Uh, something I just dealt with um, that stems back to childhood, stems back to like working for other people, et cetera. And that's something I worked through. And then if we start to see this emotional pattern come up, especially if they're negative, we go through what's called an emotional autopsy, where we look at this emotion from different angles. 
Like, what is your self-talk during this? Where is your, what do you physically feel like? And then our job is to emotionally like recondition to something, another emotion. Yeah. And I'm actually, this is the prominent uh, like protocol for the first book I'm writing right now. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like this is like, cause this is so important. I could dive into this forever. I feel like a lot of people have me back on. We'll talk about more about it. But. Yeah. We'll definitely do We'll definitely do like an emotional acknowledgement episode. I think, cause I think it's so, I just want to touch base. I think it's so important to actually acknowledge like how you're feeling yeah. in a moment, because I think so many people, so many people don't, and they kind of think that everything's kind of like normal mm-hmm. when these emotions that you are feeling like, can be normal at times, but if you're feeling them every single day consistently, that's not okay. Right. And it's like, that's when you have to acknowledge, hey, something's, something's kind of wrong here or something mm-hmm. needs to be fixed and you can really dare that down. Now, I think like you, like if I went, if I went through that, like I've been through that myself multiple times um, throughout yeah. the past year, um, having my background and my childhood, I think it would it would bring back a lot of bad things um, through it, but you kind of need to work through that. Like, that's what it's kind of like, it's kind of like journaling. Like, like we all say, it it's kind of like, ther- it's kinda like therapy. I have such a hard time with journaling by itself with this empty page. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm just going, Oh, I had a great day. Eh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I know it's important and I do do it. And I look at some of the things I wrote when I first started, like in 2018, yeah. 2019, I'm like, Oh, I was struggling with that. Uh, so it is important. Don't get me wrong. It's just something I have struggled with. Oh, so yeah. if I, I can have with it more too. focused, yeah, I'm um, which like, I do with this. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, unless I have like a prompt or something like that to write upon, like I'll just write all positive things when sometimes I'm not feeling positive at all. And yeah. it's more so I should be writing negative things. Like I remember, like I was here one night and I was sitting on my balcony because this is what I do is like my nightly routine. I get a yeah. whole electronics and just sit there and listen to music. And I just journaled away, like any thought that came in my head, I was like, put it to paper, positive, negative, whatever. Um, and it actually helped like relieve like a lot of things that were actually on my shoulders. I feel like a lot of people, like we said, with the acknowledgement, they don't write it out too. It's like, you well, need it just, to write it out. It stays out. up here and it goes in a loop. Yep. And it's when like, you get it out and it's like, you want to be a better performing human. Like you have to get that shit out of your head because it's right. like, you're, you're then going to suffer with your stress. You're going to suffer with your sleep. Like you're going to suffer like just that, that mental health aspect of it. It's just like those three things right there are so important to anybody's growth, whether it's like fitness or just a general in a person's life. Like those, those things are so important. And it's like, if you can't nail those down, it's like your progress is not going to go anywhere. So I was some like, it was pretty crazy looking back on that because I read it the night after I read it the day after and I was like, Oh shit, I wrote that. I was like, I was like, Oh my God. Um, but no one's going to read that, but no one's going to read you. it. Yeah, exactly. Unless you share it. Yeah. yeah unless I share it, which no, <laughs> I shared, I've shared enough on this. I haven't shared enough right. on this podcast. Um, so next step, just to kind of get through it next step. I know we're ending here soon. Um, so the next step after the emotional kind of awareness phase and the autopsy. Yeah. So I I go through what's called mental conditioning. So we pick something, whether it is meditation, whether it is breathing techniques, you know, I, I get a sense of that individual, their personality, what would be best for them, what they're already doing. I have to factor that in as well. And we start to do something that's going to aid them with, focus with calmness with anything that I see as a primary 
block. Um, And I was on, I was on a uh, strategy session with someone. They said, you know, I've tried meditating, but I'm so like agitated and like anxious. And so I'm like, have you tried walking meditation? Have you just started with that? And they're like, I didn't even know what that was. (laughs) Uh, And, and that's what this whole from 2018 till now was just absorbing and learning Mm -hmm. because I want to be as valuable as possible. Um, before I like fully step into this quote unquote space, because I think so many coaches do the DM outreach nonsense uh, from like, yeah. <laughs> we could get into why DM, <laughs> and I, I love think. Chad and he NLCA, like they, they have their own way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but the, just the, Oh, Hey, like, how's your 20? No, there's a way to do it. <laughs> we can talk about I don't, I don't trust my view of it to get mine real quick. I'm yeah. like, I've learned this cause Austin Stout's my, my mentor. Yeah. And he's just like, he's taught me just to be the best damn coach possible. And he's like, yeah. that will, he's like, that will do enough for you. Yeah. Like, that, that was Tim Grover. It was yeah, like, like, no one, no one knew who he was. And he was, he coached MJ. Okay. I'll hire him. Exactly. He's like, exactly. You're like, you don't know, like you, it might take you longer to grow, right. but your growth over time yeah. is going to be so substantial because like you've become the best coach possible that exactly. people are going to be coming to you no matter what. So it's yes. like, I, I don't personally believe in DM outreach. That's just me. I know it works for some people. That's just not me personally. Yeah. I can't be conversing I, I, or yeah. hire someone a, to do it. For a, me. I'm willing to be patient with it all. And B, I have the media side. So I'm yeah. not like extremely worried about finances and stuff like that. We're doing much better. Uh, yeah. We can go into the whole like emasculating thing of not making money next time. Um, but yeah, so mental conditioning. And then that's kind of phase one okay. is that first three weeks. And then we get into creating a vision, my vision kit to what I call the bridge and dreamlining and all these things to create the person that you ultimately want to become. And by the self-awareness portion of it, it unearths a lot of the things that you were hesitant about or mm-hmm. that you didn't believe you could do. And that's why I start with self-awareness. And then we create the vision. Awesome. And then from there, we create an alter ego, a, a what I call hero design. Cause you're actually not talking to Kyle right now. You're talking to T'Challa. <laughs> <laughs> that's a side note. Uh, <laughs> which alter ego effect by Todd Herman, I recommend to everybody. Um, yeah. But I kind of taken pieces from what I learned from me and Todd and other people to create this persona to perform at your best that you have these qualities and traits and talents within you. There's just something in your way. So if you establish this and say, Hey, like when I'm working, I'm going to have a pre-performance routine. And that was supposed to be my thesis. Long story short, didn't do that. Um, but I was doing pre-performance routines, flow state and yeah, with golfers, uh, and just creating that before I work puts me in a consistent and clear mindset to talk and speak and give value. And then from there we go habits to peak performance. So time design, goal design, and self mastery, we get really clear on what your days look like what your morning evening routine looks like i have a whole goal setting protocol and the self-mastery is like a one page this is what i've done in 12 weeks and this is how i'm going to move forward and so it's a great exit 
Yeah. And you can clearly work with me about beyond 12 weeks, but that's kind of the um, exit interview. If they want to is like, this is all the work that we've done in 12 weeks. And I, I've had everyone say this, I'm a completely different human being for going through it. And even if you just start with the self-awareness part um, it's, this is huge. And I learned a lot of this from cobbling together all of the mentorship that I've been through and I've been through a lot and I've paid for a lot. So, yeah, you pay for what you get. I truly say this in this industry because I was that coach that thought it was just macros and training. Like I was that coach. Everybody starts out as that coach. Like, unless you were like an RD or like you were someone who specialized in like hormones and stuff like that from the beginning, everybody somehow started out as just macros and training, like when it comes to online coaching. So it's a good first step. Yeah, it's a good first step. Micronutrients exist, supplementation exists, meal timing, hormones, hormones exist. I'm like, I'm like, I'm the. I look back at where I started as a coach, like a year and a half ago, and I'm like, man, I would have shat. I would (laughs) have. I would have. I would have shit on this dude so hard. Like, just like I would have been like, why is this kid coaching? Um, But I'm like, now, like, but we pay to get the knowledge that we need to become better. Exactly. And I kind of, I hacked the system, if you would, and worked for all these coaches who taught me all these things. But I also paid for mentorship. You know, I paid to be an IFCA. Um, They give me a good rate, but yeah, so I've, I've been able to uh, observe multiple coaches who I think are the best in what they do in the industry and, you know, working with me, seeing his, his protocols and his philosophies and then just taking what I've experienced uh, from the millionaires that I was hanging around every day, what they were talking about, kind of the philosophies and quote unquote vibe they were giving off and just all of my life experiences into this hyper elite performance coaching like service. Yep. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to get you back on again. Uh, to do this, um, we'll definitely have to touch on some of those other topics that we <laughs> that we kind of got at towards the end. I think it's insane, kind of that first the first few steps of your of your program sound absolutely mind blowing to yeah. any human. Um, but I also recommend any human try to try to do that because the best things are the ones that make you the most uncomfortable. So Very definitely do so. that. Um, but before we leave, I ask everybody the same three questions. Yeah. Um, so what three things do you want people to leave with after listening to this episode? You're good enough today. You can be better tomorrow. That's the first thing. I think so many people struggle with self-doubt, self-esteem issues, all that. And if you're learning every day, that's like, I'm, I'm in the book winning by Tim Grover. He just released it. Everybody's in that book right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been like, so I call it like my super red side and like the super blue side is the manifestation and the metaphysics and then all that stuff words of affirmation so I'm, I'm really stuck in the red right now um and it's just it's amazing of how many people i've come across that have and so did i anxiety issues self-confidence issues and we can blame social media all day if we want but we have to have that confidence in ourselves that we are good enough today especially as coaches, but we can be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And with that mindset, you know, we're going to learn more things. Cause so side note, so rap flex, the flex stands for focus, learning, enthusiasm, and execution. I believe all four of those things are necessary to be an elite performer. 
So that learning aspect every day, even if you're at an off day, you're probably learning something. Um, and that's important to any human's growth. Second, uh, I would say, <laughs> I'm stealing this from Tim Grover, focus over time. And that means like manage your focus over managing your time because there's so many time management tools and I have a whole like weekly design system. But if you're not focused in the time block that you've allowed yourself, then it doesn't really matter. It's, it's not going to be the quality of work that you want it to be. And it could be half-assed or, you know, it could be full-assed and you have the talent to show that off and not many people see it, but you'll never quote unquote run out of time if you focus on focus rather than time. Uh, Cause time is something we have no control over, but our focus is something we do and deep work by Cal Newport's a great book for that uh, to kind of get into the nitty gritty and nuance of deep work practices. And then third, uh, I would say for coaches and it kind of goes along with one, but you're doing great work and you're helping people do incredible things in their lives. And we get stuck on this imposter syndrome and feeling like you're not good enough and feeling sleazy when it comes to sales and all those things where we, we want to create better humans physically, mentally, emotionally, that is our God-given talent and what we have decided to pursue, hopefully for the rest of our lives. Uh, if we continue the growth that we want, we just have to remember that when we start to get in our own head of feeling like we're not good enough. And it kind of goes back to one where we're good enough today. I'm going to learn tomorrow. So that means I'm an ultimate winner. Yep. Awesome. Uh, so second question is what three books and I guess this one will kind of help you. What three books and or podcasts should everybody either read or listen to? Ooh, Relentless changed my life. Uh, and that was oddly enough, the first book that got recommended to me when I started my personal development journey. I had not read a single book that was not forced upon me <laughs> <laughs> until I was, I believe, 25, 26. Uh, and even in school, I... I think I finished one book and that's because I took 18 credit hours like an idiot and pretty much skipped a class and then read the book and did well in the course. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works out. Uh, so relentless by Tim Grover. It's, it's not a how to, no, it's, it's a, it's a complete like, Holy crap. I don't feel alone now. And the thoughts that I've had about pursuing the thing that I really want to do. Second is Lynchpin by Seth Godin. I'm a big Lynchpin or I'm a big Seth Godin fan. Mm -hmm. And he talks about being creative and the creative process and being this individual. And I think all online coaches are creatives or is only going to be what's left because formal education was designed for the factory worker and technology is now replacing all those jobs. So what's going to be left is people like you and I, who innovate and solve problems that humans are having. So I, that's a great book to frame 
the creative process and how to become indispensable to not only yourself on a day-to-day, but if you work as a part of a team, it's also important. Yep. I have so many books. <laughs> if I have to pick a third, um, it's so cliche, but the four hour work week, it just, it just gives you that. Okay. This is possible. Like I can design my own life the way I want to, like I can have the freedom to have my mornings the way I want it to. Um, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to work every single day, every single hour for the rest of my life. Like I am building towards this thing that I want in my life. And I have permission now to seek out other things that I want to do within my life that are personally enriching. Um, and just, just his experience and his, the way he wrote that book was just, it was sort of calming to say, mm-hmm. okay, this is possible. Awesome. If, if you go through the shit that we all have to go through. Yeah. I haven't actually, I haven't read any of those. I haven't read relentless. I'm surprisingly like I've been, like I've been recommended this book so many times. I just haven't sat down and read it. I was like, oh, audio books a f- great way to go for yeah, that. I, I really need to, I really need to do that. Cause I listen, cause I go on walks. I'll go on like a 30, 40 minute walk every morning. And I'm like, that'd probably be a good way to just put on one and a half speed and just bang out a book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really get to understand things. So I should probably do that. Um, last question, probably the easiest question of all day. Where can people find you? Um, anything that you want to kind of shout out in your, your 15, whatever, 15 minutes, one minute of fame, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So thank you for having me on here. Yeah. Um, I was honored to be, uh, be asked. And uh, best way to find me is Kyle underscore Rapflex on Instagram. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. And then for, for my podcast people and my performance people, I have two free gifts for you. If you don't mind me diving into that. Go ahead. So I have a free video training series on the podcast. It's the podcast machine. So what we went through today, I'm going to go a little more in depth to what the picture of perfection looks like, what the Dalio diagnosis looks like. And then I give you sort of a content schedule so that you have that clarity and control over, okay, week one, week two, week three, I feel a little more confident in it. And I do have a podcast design course that is eight weeks long that will give you more of like the, the branding and everything to build your podcast. If you're interested in that, I still yet to build a sales page and everything, but all the recordings done, feel free to reach out to me if that's something you're interested in. And then the performance side, I have what's called my free training of the flex philosophy course, where I go into the nuances of focus, learning, enthusiasm, and execution. That's also a video series um, that kind of gets you more um, inundated with what I talk about in my coaching. So awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know we'll definitely have you back on again to kind of go into more of those other topics, get to a little know you a bit more better um, to get a little get a little whole full circle around everything about why we, why we hate DM outreach. Um, <laughs> that could be a whole, it's always a good topic. That could be a whole, that could be a whole podcast in general. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on. If you guys did enjoy this episode and you made this far, um, definitely go share this on your Instagram story, tag me and Kyle. Um, also go down, go swipe all the way down to the bottom of the Apple page, leave us a five-star rating, leave us a review that really helps the podcast way more than you think. Um, And lastly, if you guys did enjoy this episode and you're new, um, subscribe to the podcast uh, because 
never-ending content is still going. Um, I'm still trying to get out these episodes as best as I can. I'm getting busier by the day. So hopefully this thing will continue for a little bit longer. Um, as we said, it's been going on for a year and like seven months, eight months now. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, once I close in on two years, there, there'll be a big surprise of two years, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast.